0: Hi, I'm Mary Worden, and this is Premier Health Now On Air, COVID-19 edition, a Premier Health podcast. This is the week of March 1st,
1: 2021.
0: Hey guys, it's March. Can you believe it's March? I think I say this about every season and every holiday and every time of year, but March is one of my favorite months because it's warming up a little bit. And I think we could all use some sunshine and vitamin D with a break from the snow here in Dayton, Ohio. The grass is starting to get greener. Cheery blooms are starting to pop up outside. The holiday season is truly over. If your holiday decorations are still up, who am I to judge? Maybe consider putting them away now, but totally up to you, no judgment. It's almost time for spring break. And even if you are spring breaking at home this year, that's fine, just take a break and enjoy it. We can start getting outside a little bit more for outdoor activities with this warmer weather, and there will be more daylight because good old daylight savings time is just around the corner. St. Patrick's Day is coming up, and just overall, a lot of great stuff happens in the month of March. But the best thing of all, it's that time of year when basketball fans can rejoice because it's March Madness. Brace yourself for some sports analogies. If you're not a sports fan, stay with me here. This will be relatable to a lot of different types of teams and short-lived, and then we'll get to what you're really here for, our experts who actually know what the heck they're talking about. I, once upon a time, was a basketball player, and I will always have a big love for the game. Recently, I started thinking about one of my teams. We were really good. Not to brag, but just saying And every time I think about this team, I think about one of the players named Autumn. Autumn was so hard on herself and never had the confidence she should have had because she wasn't the top scorer. But sometimes when you have a really good team, that means you have a lot of good players and not everyone can be the top scorer. And if you know anything about sports, there are some roles that are extremely important but not always as glamorous as that of the top scorer. But in basketball, you need someone who's stealing the ball on defense, getting rebounds, making free throws, making assists so that someone can put up the points. All of those fundamental things that are so critical to having a successful player Autumn did those things every single game. She didn't always score a lot, even though she could, the girl could shoot, but she played smart. She was fundamentally sound in basketball every game. And that made her extremely valuable to the team, but she wasn't as recognized as some of the other players because her points per game weren't the highest out there. One of our coaches implemented a spreadsheet system that would give each player a score for the game. It incorporated everything. If you had a positive mark for the game, like a steal, a rebound, points scored, you got points for that. But if you missed free throws, had a turnover, had negative marks in some way, you lost points for your individual score. This was one thing that helped Autumn finally see her value because even though her game points weren't always the highest, her individual score from this spreadsheet was almost always the highest. That got me thinking about vaccines. And yes, I know that this is a very odd transition of thoughts, but one, that's who I am as a person and two, vaccine talking news is everywhere right now. So the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are showing slightly higher scores, if you will, in their data than the numbers that we're seeing in Johnson and Johnson's. The Johnson and Johnson vaccine is still putting up great numbers, though. So, is Johnson & Johnson's vaccine, like, a supporting player on a team that we all really need? Or is it just plain not as good as Moderna and Pfizer? To help answer those questions and many more, we welcome back Premier Health's Vice President of Quality and Safety, Dr. Roberto Cologne. Hi, Dr. Colon. We talk a lot about the physical issues that can result from getting COVID, but mental health problems are very common. What are some ways to cope with stress and promote well-being while staying safe and following guidelines?
1: Well, I think that the biggest challenge right now that's contributing to a lot of the mental health issues, it's that social distancing and the loss of contact um, with others. So we are losing that support structure. One of the things that we have to continue to do is find ways to be able to safely do that. And a lot of the Uh, video teleconferencing capabilities, things like Zoom, um, are are going to be a way for people to be able to stay tied to one another. So I think that that allows that sense of connection that is so important, particularly with families. Other things that are really important right now is making sure that we spend time being active in a safe manner. Um, And that may be physical activity at home, Or even if the weather is nice, being able to do it outside in some safe environment. So it could be going for a walk, going for a run, trying to do some physical activity to get out of the house, change the environment, but avoid that temptation of just sitting around and being bored, not doing much to contribute to our physical well-being, which then adds another layer of complexity to some of the mental health issues when you compound physical health as well.
0: What are some ways to cope if you are someone who tests positive for COVID and you're feeling a lot of stress and anxiety about your situation?
1: And being positive for COVID is a great source of stress right now, unfortunately. Um, It it comes with a lot of anxiety because we've seen what it can do to people, especially if you happen to be in in the older age group. So the first thing that I would um, suggest is if you test positive, don't handle this alone. Make sure that you are talking to your healthcare professional about your own condition so that you can understand what are the things that you can actively do to monitor your disease? What are the trigger points that should cause you to go seek further medical care? The other thing that's very important is finding out from your healthcare provider if you are eligible for any of the treatments that are available to prevent COVID from progressing into a more severe form. These monoclonal antibody therapies that we have available Are actually very good at preventing those who have an acute infection from COVID from progressing into more severe forms or even having to be admitted to the hospital. So that's something that can absolutely help people feel a bit better when they're actively doing something to prevent that illness from going forward. And then as we mentioned before, trying to stay connected to other people that are important in your life, whether that is from video conferencing or from those who are going to be reciting from you in a safe manner, making sure that they're isolating, but still maintaining some contact in your household.
0: We've touched on this on previous episodes, but things are changing so rapidly, so I'll bring it up again. There's been a lot of talk about new coronavirus variants. Is this something to be concerned about?
1: The variants are absolutely something that are a worry point for all of us in healthcare because some of them could be easier to pass from one person to the other. Some may even be a bit more capable of eluding some of the antibodies that we have formed and cause a more severe infection. Because of that, because we can't stop the variants, the most important thing that we can do right now Is try to control the amount of disease that we have in our communities and doing the things that we have been doing, like wearing a mask, social distancing and getting the vaccine when you are able to. The earlier that we are able to control the amount of COVID out in the population, the less of a chance there is going to be for one of these variants to become the dominant virus that we are seeing in our communities. Right now, while we are seeing some of these variants throughout the U.S., they are not the most common strain that we are circulating. So it is something that we are watching. Uh, but we're in a position right now we can alter the course of these variants by being very aggressive about trying to keep those numbers down.
0: You mentioned going out and getting the vaccine as soon as everyone can. So is it still believed that the vaccine will help protect us from these new variants?
1: There is a growing amount of evidence that is demonstrating that the vaccines that we have available right now do work for some of these variants. And even some of the companies have the ability to tweak the vaccine a little bit to boost further the effectiveness against some of the variants that we're seeing in other parts of the world.
0: In the last month or so, when interviewing our COVID experts, the trend seems to be that the number of COVID cases were starting to drop in the Dayton area. Is that still the case?
1: We have been seeing a steady drop this year in the number of COVID cases. Now, over the past week or so, we saw that leveling off a little bit. Not really a significant rise, but the dropping um, in the cases really plateaued a bit. Um, Now, while it's a little bit too early, to make uh, too much, too many waves around that plateauing, it is reassuring that we've come down from the high that we were experiencing during December and January. So we've certainly seen the decrease that we have actually noted worldwide uh, with that dropping of the cases. The hope is that that is going to continue to drop further as we add further vaccines into the repertoire uh, around the world.
0: Do you think the vaccine is a big contributor to that, or do you think there are other factors helping with the drop in cases leading up to this current plateau?
1: So I think that the, the, the biggest reason we saw the drop was not the vaccines, because we started seeing the number of cases dropping before we had rolled out sufficient vaccine. Really, the big drop was very much related to the fact that people were doing the things they had to do, that were wearing masks, that were avoiding the gatherings, that were socially distancing. We all were doing our part to get those numbers down, and it worked. What we are going to probably start seeing now is the effect of enough people becoming vaccinated and reducing the potential spread. So that's likely going to start manifesting itself right now. One of the cautions that we all have is with spring break looming, everybody needs to be very careful that we need to continue to adhere to dose protections to avoid seeing another bump in the number of cases in the weeks following spring break uh, over the next month.
0: Of course, the vaccine has been available to some groups for a few months now, but are there any other medications and or treatments being worked on to help those who do get sick with COVID before they get a chance to be vaccinated?
1: There are. There are dozens of uh, trials going on right now investigating some of the novel treatments like monoclonal therapies, looking at immune modulators, but even looking at older therapies to see if they do work. And I know Throughout the year, some of these have come up uh, in names thing like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And unfortunately, they haven't really demonstrated sufficient evidence uh, of any potential improvement, but there are still others that are being assessed to see if they have better evidence to suggest that they could alter the course for our patients with COVID.
0: We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Dr. Colon is going to tell you exactly why you should get the vaccine. And it's it's really good, like you need to hear it. Do not leave this episode early. And if you have questions about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, we've got you covered. Stay with us.
1: We know getting care comes with a little uncertainty right now, but behind these masks, You'll find unwavering dedication, compassion, and protection for you and the care we provide to you. You won't find us backing down. We won't stop. As long as you need us, we'll be here, standing strong. Because it's who we are, and care is behind everything we do. Our care lives here. Premier Health.
0: And we're back. Dr. Cologne, let's talk about vaccine alarmism. Many people do not want to get the vaccine, partly because it sounds so ineffectual. When we're hearing so much negative about the vaccine as far as a return to normal and what it actually does, can you shed some light on the benefits of getting the vaccine? So
1: the coronavirus vaccines are an absolute game changer. They are going to totally alter how we are going to be moving through the rest of the pandemic. There has been a lot of talk about the fact that they may not protect us from getting um, an infection and the reason that that statement is out there is because it hasn't been proven yet and we can't make claims about it until we start proving it. But the data starting to roll in that in fact these vaccines may do just that and Johnson & Johnson's data was the first one to start showing in large numbers that it prevented people from having asymptomatic infections. So the data starting to roll out and arrive that this may in fact protect us from doing that. Very early in the course of our vaccine deployment, full data about exactly what it did wasn't available because if you recall, we rolled these out very quickly. And in order to be safe, we had to be more conservative. But one of the things that we started doing is for those who individuals who have been vaccinated, we are able to take some loosening in the restrictions. So The first example that we saw is with close contact quarantine. If you have been vaccinated and you've completed the vaccine series, the CDC now says you do not have to quarantine if you have close contact with somebody who has had an infection. That is in fact a change based on vaccine status alone, demonstrating the protection that comes from COVID. The other thing we're learning is that even if you do happen to get the infection after you get the virus, it's a much milder course. And the most recent data Johnson & Johnson actually put out is that the vaccines are 100% effective at keeping people out of the hospital and preventing death from COVID. So that means that if you've received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and you do get COVID, your chance of dying is zero. Your chance of being in the hospital is zero based on that data. Now, that has to be applied to each individual. But the large number of people that were part of that data set for Johnson & Johnson to be able to get approval, if they had the vaccine and they got the infection, none of them died. None of them even had to be hospitalized. That is incredibly impactful. That should make everybody very eager to be able to accept this vaccine.
0: A new study is suggesting that people who have had COVID should get a single vaccine dose. The studies show that one shot of a vaccine can greatly amplify antibody levels in those who have recovered from the coronavirus. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so there there is a growing body of evidence um, suggesting that if you've had an infection, you may only need a single dose of um, the, the dual dose Coronavirus vaccines like Pfizer or Moderna. Um, and that's based on the antibody levels that we are seeing because there is that rise. What we don't yet know is does it offer the same level of protection? Are you still going to have the same outcomes that we saw in this study? And as a result, we haven't yet changed our recommendation because it's a bit too early to jump to that. However, as more and more evidence, rise, it may be that uh, at some point the CDC does move in the direction of recommending that. As of right now, however, the recommendation is for Pfizer or Moderna that you receive both of those doses in order to complete the series, whether you have had COVID or not.
0: The third vaccine, Johnson & Johnson's, will be shipped out this week to certain areas, including the Miami Valley. What does that mean for the Dayton area?
1: Yeah, so the Johnson & Johnson vaccine uh, being uh, receiving its emergency use authorization this past weekend adds yet a third option um, for preventative therapy within the U.S. What um, we're seeing is that the first, um, I think, 4 million doses are being shipped out today, but we don't yet know um, how many of those we may be receiving here in the Dayton area. We do know that Ohio is set to receive some of that The amount that's going to be distributed, we don't yet know. Um, There has been a lot of talk from individuals about um, the effectiveness of the Johnson & Johnson compared to Pfizer or Moderna just because of the numbers that are out there. Um, And I'm going to repeat essentially what Dr. Fauci said is it's not an apples to apples comparison. And this is a great vaccine. If you have a chance to get this, I would absolutely get it because it is very effective. It is extremely effective at preventing severe disease, where eight out of 10 people um, were prevented from getting severe disease. And as I mentioned earlier, it is 100% effective at keeping people out of the hospital or dying from COVID.
0: The numbers for Johnson & Johnson's vaccine say it was 72% effective in U.S. trials, but 82% effective against severe disease. Can you explain what those different numbers mean? Sure. So, so
1: what they do, and a lot of the different companies are going to look at data differently. Um, and this is why understanding the studies is so important. Oftentimes, when we talk about effectiveness, we have to explain effectiveness for what? And what most of these trials do is effectiveness at getting ill from the virus. So the development of symptoms. So the 72 looks at all of the the, uh, symptomatic infections. So 72% of the people who got this vaccine were protected from getting any illness related to COVID. But it was 80% effective 85 actually percent effective at preventing the more severe forms. So what it did is, even if you did get it, it was very good at preventing you from getting severely ill from um, from COVID-19. That's where the difference in the effectiveness com- number comes in.
0: Some vaccine recipients may develop a swollen red patchy area at the site of injection, which we're referring to as COVID arm. It seems to be fairly common. Are there things people who experience this can or should be doing to alleviate that pain?
1: Well, so um, there are two things that we see. There's the immediate uh, or, um, or subacute, which is right after you get the injection or in the day after you get the redness, pain in the area. And most of that is just inflammation related to the vaccine. Really, ice should be sufficient for some people needing to take Um, Some over-the-counter analgesic may also help. Other people are developing at approximately 7 to 10 days some redness at the site of infection. That's an immunologic reaction. It is not an infection for most people. It is not an infection, although um, it's important that that you talk to your doctor if it's very sore or if you're having a fever. But the the 7 to 10 day redness that we see in most people is actually an immunologic reaction. Uh, reaction, self-limited, completely goes away and there's no treatment required. Most of these are things that you can just take care of at home, require just some local uh, therapy, like I said, with ice or some over-the-counter analgesics. If, however, you develop severe pain, if you're having a fever or if the area of redness keeps getting larger and larger, Please make sure to talk to your doctor to make sure that you're not developing an infection at that location. That is a different condition, and that does require specific treatment.
0: I've been fortunate enough to receive both doses of the vaccine. The day after my second dose of the vaccine, I felt pretty horrible, as expected. But the day after that, I felt fantastic. I felt energetic, and quite frankly, I felt better than I have in a very long time. And I've actually heard the same thing from a few people who have been vaccinated. You might be thinking I'm completely nuts and maybe I just happened to get a really good night's sleep. But I'm curious, is there any science behind why that might happen?
1: well you you've actually explained the exact same reaction I had the day uh, actually the evening after my dose, I was feeling um some chills. I felt very tired. And the day after my dose, I was exhausted. I was feeling very run down. I felt pretty lousy. I was still able to come to work, but, um, it it just, it was not a fun day. And then the next morning I woke up and I felt like a million bucks. And that's what we're hearing from a lot of people that are developing, uh, that immunologic reaction, the reactogenicity, um, which is the body responding to that second dose because the body's already been primed a bit in order to be able to protect itself. That's not universal. Um, Some people don't get any of that at all. But for those who do experience it, it lasts anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. It is self-limited. All you have to typically manage it with is some rest, some over-the-counter analgesics, if you're able to take them, plenty of fluids, and it usually goes away as insidiously as it came on.
0: And Dr. Colon, as always, what's one last thing you'd like to leave our listeners with today?
1: You know, I think everything we're seeing right now is incredibly encouraging. We're seeing drops in the number of people who are in the hospital related to COVID. We're seeing um, fewer people who have the illness. We are seeing newer preventative measures coming out. So, so we are finally in a position where we're very encouraged that we can beat COVID and we can really take it all the way down into just a nuisance of a disease. But we're not there yet. So the caution that I want everybody to pay attention to is this is not the time to loosen up too much. This is not the time to abandon masks, to start large gatherings again. Um, This is the time to really, really make sure that we're paying attention to those same techniques that we have been following for the past year to make sure that we can continue beating this down get the vaccine when you can so that by the time fall rolls around we are going to hopefully not be talking about COVID much
0: at all. I hope so thank you so much Dr. Colon. Well thank you so much it's always my pleasure. So if you are, and especially if you are not a sports fan, thank you for sticking with me on my thoughts around teams and players. If you're not a sports person, maybe you're a foodie and you're making a grilled cheese. The cheese is the star, but if you don't have your supporting teammate, bread, your sandwich is going to be a burned pile of crispy garbage. Maybe you're an entrepreneur. But your business might not be successful without your supporting teammates who are scheduling your meetings, cleaning the office space, and maybe even the people producing a product for you to sell. Those people aren't the CEO, but that business is not going to be as successful without those very important support roles. The point of all of this is don't always judge the key players of a game by one number alone. Here's a stat I want to leave you with.
1: And the most recent data Johnson & Johnson actually put out is that the vaccines are 100% effective at keeping people out of the hospital and preventing death from covid so that means that if you've received the johnson and johnson vaccine and you do get covid your chance of dying is zero your chance of being in the hospital is zero based on that data now that has to be applied to each individual but the large number of people that were part of that data set for johnson and johnson to be able to get approval If they had the vaccine and they got the infection, none of them died, none of them even had to be hospitalized. That is incredibly
0: impactful. You can get more information 24-7 at premierhealth.com slash COVID-19. And we want you to get the information you need about COVID-19 vaccines from people you can trust. Visit our COVID-19 vaccine hub for up-to-date interviews with our physician leaders, fact sheets, news, and more about COVID-19 vaccines at premierhealth.com slash vaccine. This has been Premier Health Now On Air, COVID-19 edition, a Premier Health podcast. Our care lives here.